Friends, this is episode 558 of the Juicebox podcast. I don't want to give too much away, but we're going to be talking to Maddie today. Maddie's in her mid to early 20s. She has type 1 diabetes. She's a mother. And there's a lot of things going on in her life. I didn't expect this episode to become an After Dark, but it is. And I think I'm going to call it After Dark Life Struggles. Please remember while you're listening that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Please always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. Okay, so now we're recording, so don't curse or do anything weird. And um, <laughs> I'm from LA. That's that's hard. Uh, <laughs> Which is hard, not being weird or not cursing? Oh, well, I guess it's both. But I mean, <laughs> I, I can manage. <laughs> don't forget to take that T1D Exchange survey at t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox. This episode of the Juicebox Podcast is sponsored by the Omnipod Dash. You may be eligible for a free 30-day trial of the Omnipod Dash. Go find out right now at omnipod.com forward slash juicebox. The podcast is also sponsored by the Dexcom G6 Continuous Glucose Monitor. You can get started today or learn more at dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. Trust me, you want a Dexcom. My name is Maddie. Um, I live in Utah. I was born and raised in Los Angeles. Um, I just turned 24 on Friday. Wow. Yeah. Happy birthday. Thank you. So tell me, um, I, I, I feel bad. I was just downstairs getting a drink and my wife said, what are you doing? I said, oh, I'm recording with a girl named Maddie and I can't remember why she's coming on and I can't find any of my notes on it. So I feel bad about that, but let's just start with how this happened. How, why are you here? Okay. So I had found your podcast last year. Um, oh gosh, it was probably in like June or July. And I just, I became obsessed. I was like, oh my gosh, like where has this been? You know, I actually like haven't really been a huge podcast person until then. Um, so I was like just getting into it and I was like, this is like, this is amazing. Like, this is something that like I've needed. Like my boyfriend at the time was like, you're always listening to this. Wait, your boyfriend at the time? What was that? Your boyfriend at the time? Did I break you up? Uh, no, you, no, okay. you, no, you didn't break up. <laughs> <laughs> Are but, you broken um, up because he was a jerk? No, so, um, I mean, he had a son back in Ohio. Um, you know, he, we were trying to work things out, so he was able to have his son out here half the time, and that wasn't going as planned. Uh, so he went back, you know, to be with his son, which we decided, you know, was obviously for the best. Oh, well, that's sad. I'm sorry. That's all right. Life happens. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Seriously, that's, that's uh, uh, um. 
Yeah, so I found your podcast and um, I had just been diagnosed with a kind of a semi-rare uh, medical condition called EPI or exocrine pancreatic insufficiency. I've also been type 1 diabetic for the end of this year will be 17 years. All right, hold on. Maddie, let's not let's not blow through that first thing again. What was the the new diagnosis? Exocrine pancreatic insufficiency. <laughs> Hold on a second. You should see me typing. <laughs> it's, it's not. It was. Can you spell it out? No, no. I, <laughs> I got it. But there was a pause. The, the pause you heard was me going, "Uh oh." <laughs> um. Exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, EPI, is a condition characterized by deficiency of the exocrine pancreatic enzymes resulting in the inability to digest food properly or maldigestion. Mm-hmm. That's right. So, but that's not, oh, that's interesting. So that's, that's not. Oh, I've got, a, I've got like backstory you, to how I got that. You, you, okay. All right. Hold on. Well, let's start slow. Um, you were diagnosed, you said, like 17 years ago? Yeah. How old were you then? So I was seven. Seven years old. Um, any memories from that that are, are worth remembering? Um, no, all I remember is, uh, so I mean, at that time, I was in soccer. Um, so I was like losing a lot of weight. I was kind of a bigger kid. Um, I was losing a lot of weight. I was drinking a lot of water. Um, my stepfather like noticed it. He actually like used to kind of in the medical field you know he was like an EMT stuff like that so I'm like he knew love things but like he noticed like something was going on but he was like oh no like she's fine mm-hmm. um and then I started just like losing you know like more weight you know like wetting the bed um, you know constantly thirsty eating like crazy but I was just dropping all this weight and then um <laughs> so my Stepfather, um, he raised me and my sister and my brother. Um, our mother died when we were younger, so it was just him. Um, so he's working, and I'm like getting really sick at this point. And that had been going on for a couple weeks. And my sister was, you know, like trying to take care of me. She, the funny thing is, is that she actually like laid me on the living room floor and like put a white sheet over me. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, she calls our Maddie, your voice just went away and I don't know why. Are you farther away from um, where the microphone no, is? No, I'm, I'm actually wearing a headset. Oh, you're wearing a headset? Can you hear me through it? No, that's what I was saying. Was, oh, okay. You're coming through my speaker on the PC. Yeah, I don't know what happened there. Um, I'm sorry. I, I think because we have like a weird setup, it's possible that when I'm talking and it's coming out of your speakers that your microphone's hearing it like you're talking. And then mm-hmm. I think there's some sound canceling going on. So I'm going to try really hard not to like, uh-huh, you or ask you questions in the middle. Um, okay. I think that might be it. But I did have a question like, um, let me let me ask a couple and then you can get back into the story. Um, so you're, I'm sorry, your mom passed away when you were younger. How long were your mom and your stepfather together before she passed? yeah you're completely gone your voice is completely gone shoot maddie i can't hear you at all maddie you're not yeah now you're back i don't know what happened there and anything you said before hello i didn't hear um shoot 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 can we try taking the 
All right. Here's an idea. Do you have an iPhone? I do not. Okay. Uh, do Can we try it without the headset for a minute and see if the mic and the computer... Because the mic sounds great, and then all of a sudden you're just gone for stretches. Okay. Yeah, let's try that. I'm going to mm. unplug it right now. Sorry. Okay. Can you hear me? Yeah. It's really unplugged? Yeah. Oh, all right. Let's do this. Okay. Um, <laughs> I think my, my voice might rattle a little bit, but I'll just... If we just talk in, we take turns, it'll be okay. And you just be cognizant while you're talking a little bit that, that, um, okay. I'm going to, <laughs> I'm going to try not to interrupt you, but I might have questions. So we'll, st- I'm going to start again and just ask you again. Um, you're seven when you were diagnosed. You said your mom passed early. I was wondering how long your stepfather and mother were together before she passed. That was about seven years. So my mother actually passed away the same year that I was diagnosed. Oh, no kidding. Was it yeah. unexpected? Uh, no, it was, uh, well, kind of, sort of. So my mother, I'm not sure which hepatitis she had, um, but she had one of the forms and she got a transplant, a liver transplant. But at that time, um, they only lasted four years. Right. So <laughs> after the four years, they uh, gave her another transplant, actually, but her body had rejected it. So she unfortunately yeah, passed away. I'm sorry. And I'm, I'm not wrong. Am I that that's something that's treatable now? Isn't yeah, it? it is actually. Wow. Is that, I, I'm sorry. I know this isn't why you're on the podcast, but does that make you no, mad? Fine. Does that make you mad that they figured out how to fix a problem your mom had after it was too late for her? It's definitely, you know, like something I do think about. You know, just because, you know, like now there are so many like medical advancements. It's like, oh, if we could have had that back then, you know, like we've been so much greater, <laughs> you know, my life would be completely different. You know, how 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 do you think what do you think some of the main ways your life is different? And I'm I'm stunned that you're that the, all this happened and your stepfather took care of you and your two sisters. Is that right? Uh, my older sister and a younger brother younger brother that's lovely uh but okay i want to pick through it a little more so i'm sorry so yeah. your uh so your stepfather is recently lost his wife your mom and then you're diagnosed do you feel like at that time looking back did did you did you and your sister and your brother feel like his kids to him do you think or do you think this whole thing brought well, you guys together so <laughs> so <laughs> our family tree is kind of crazy um so my stepfather um, you know uh my younger brother that's his biological son um and then me and my older sister um you know were not you know his blood um so he did have to like adopt us you know after my mom passed away but i mean like he basically raised us um or i mean he did raise us yeah you know yeah. so we you know we we did have that connection um unfortunately you know he he was kind of abusive um so that's the reason I actually moved to Utah when I was 18 mm-hmm. um I moved in with my biological father um it, things have been pretty good since then I don't really talk to my stepfather as much anymore I or, see as <laughs> late I actually blocked him on um, stuff <laughs> 
I'm sorry. I just, I hear stories that I just don't expect to hear. Um, I know. Yeah. My life's been pretty crazy. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> you need a break. Um, uh, oh, right. yeah. So, so what was that like growing up then with diabetes with a stepfather who wasn't the greatest? Oh, it was awful. Um, <laughs> I was constantly in the hospital, um, in and out. You know, there was, it got to a point where, um, he wouldn't even see me in the hospital. He just dropped me off at the ER. I'd be admitted and I'd call him when I was ready to be picked up. Wow. Oh, that's fucking terrible. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, tell me how you ended up in the hospital in that time. A lot of DKA. Like, I mean, I'm assuming it was hard as a seven-year-old to take care of your blood sugar. Were you on your own? Was he trying to help you with it at all? Um, after I was first diagnosed. Or or any of those times through there. Oh, um, oh, I guess like my diagnosis, we didn't really finish that, but, um, yeah, my sister ended up calling him and was like, Hey, like Maddie's really sick. Like something's wrong. He like rushed me into the hospital. You know, I was like blue in the face and, um, they like checked my blood sugar and I was like 700 something. And, um, they're like, yeah, like she's like, she has type one diabetes and like, you know, like I said, like him, you know, having, you know, some medical knowledge, he was like, you know, was like, like, why didn't I see this? You know, like, I know all the signs like this and that. So, I mean, um, after that, um, like my diabetes was watched pretty well, like after my diagnosis, like my initial diagnosis, um, because also at that time, since my mother had passed away and me and my sister weren't um, our, our, obviously like our father's, um, daughter, um, we were going through the custody battle. So my biological father and like his family and, you know, like obviously like my family with my stepfather, you know, like we're all like, you know, pitching in, you know, taking care of me, especially with, you know, like the schedule of, you know, like sharing me during uh, that time in the court. Um, so, I mean, it was very well watched in the beginning and then um they had granted you know custody to my stepfather so after all of that was finalized um my biological father and his family moved out to utah and um yeah that's so he he fought to keep you but then didn't treat you particularly well once he had you well i mean like it was my mother's um you know dying wish you know for the three of us to stay together um, if, you know, obviously if my biological father would have won, we would have been, you know, split up. So they thought it was in the best interest to keep us with our stepfather. Um, obviously they didn't know that he was going to turn out the way he did. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry to hear all that. That's, it, it's literally terrible. And I don't know another thing to say, uh, other than that's terrible. And I'm really sorry, but you're young. And it sounds like you're in a different position now. Um, did you have a pump all that time when you were younger or were you using MDI? Oh, so the weird thing is, so yeah, I was just doing the um, MDOs or um, MDIs, multiple daily injections. Mm-hmm. Um, he was actually like, he instilled a fear in me about the pump. Like he was like, someone's going to like hack into it or like the tubing is going to get kinked and you're going to go to DKA like instantly and like you're going to die. 
and this and that. So I always stayed away from the pump. I wonder if it was just expensive and he didn't want you to have it. <laughs> I, I, I well, it was honestly like it wasn't even that. Like we could, like I don't want to say, but like we could afford it. Like right. he he made good money. Um, and we had really good insurance. But um, he was just scared of it. Yeah, and it's like um, now that like you know, like I'm older, I'm you know, like hearing stories from my family and stuff like that. And they're like, yeah, like he kind of wanted to like stay away from technology. It was kind of like weird about it sometimes with certain things. And I was like, what? <laughs> oh, maybe not just around diabetes. Maybe he's just the kook. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, but yeah, he kind of is. Yeah, he's a little psycho. Gotcha. <laughs> the easy way to say it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my god, hold on one second. Um my mom is trying to tell me something and I'm like, uh telling her to leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> mom. Hey, mom is seventy eight. I'm She's hanging with my friends. <laughs> I'm doing a thing. Leave me alone. I have a podcast, mom. Uh, <laughs> can you imagine? I'm 49. <laughs> so stupid. Uh, so, okay. So you're out in Utah now. Um, and I'm being serious. Like, like I asked you, like, first of all, I've enjoyed everything you've said so far, but it didn't answer why you were on the podcast. I know you loved it. You found it. You loved it. But what made you reach out to be on it? Oh, oh yeah, that's right. Oh, sorry, you get sidetracked. I, okay. I heard you took my Adderall this morning. What's wrong with me? Matt, um, Maddie, the whole podcast, <laughs> I had to tell you, the whole podcast is one sidetracked. So it, that's not it's, Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> um, yeah, so I found your podcast, you know, I fell in love with it. And I had noticed that you didn't have an episode um, on EPI. And so I had actually messaged you on Instagram. And I was like, hey, you know, I like, introduced myself. I was like, I noticed, you know, like you don't have an episode on this. I was like, I was recently diagnosed with it. Like, I'd love to talk about it um, with you. Well, and you're like, well, um, he's like, you're like, I'm pretty booked out like till April. Um, he was like, it was probably, it would probably be best to if we talked about it after you've lived with it for some time. Right. And so how long have you, how long have you had it now? Oh, gosh. I was saying it was probably in my... May, June. So it's been over half a year. Yeah, you're getting up on like nine months now. Uh, yeah, nine months. Well, let's, before we get to it, describe how your, just your type one care was prior to that. Where were your A1Cs? How are you managing? How are things going? So before I was actually diagnosed with um, EPI, it was, I, my management was, it was not good. <laughs> Um, so I, like my last AMC was probably like before I was, um, diagnosed with the EPI, I was like in the 14s, you know, like it was, it was pretty bad. And then, um, my, he's not a, he's a nurse practitioner. No, he's a, he's a PA, my PA. Um, a physician's assistant. Um, he actually gave me a freestyle Libre sensor. And um, at the time, uh, I was like also like diagnosed like with the EPI. And he was like, you know what, like try this. Um, I'll see you in like a, a month and see how that's going like with you as well. And I was like, oh, like, okay. And 
after I got the sensor, like my life or my diabetes management did a complete 180. Like um, my last A1C was eight. So I went from 14 to eight. <laughs> and I hadn't been in the single digits for my A1C since my pregnancy with my son. Oh, congratulations. And he's almost four. Oh, congratulations. That's amazing. Um, How did you get to 14? Listen, I'm not judging you, but I want to have the conversation. So 14. No, you're good. <laughs> you know, 14 seems like you're trying to not do well. And like, what has to happen for a, an A1C to be in the 14? Like, what do you have to not do? Um, well, I mean, obviously I wasn't taking my insulin or like, I wouldn't, on top of my diabetes, you know, I also, you know, um, I sometimes struggle with, an, you know, eating disorder, you know, the diabulimia. Um, I actually went to rehab for diabulimia in 2016. Um, but yeah, you know, I was like, you know, like I, I want to be thin. I want to be attractive. I want to think, you know, like I look pretty. Um, so, you know, I would omit my insulin, you know, I'd let my blood sugar run high. And once I'd feel that, you know, like I was like getting into like a, you know, bad DKA or like I was just, like getting really sick almost to the point of no return, mm -hmm. you know, like I'd take a whole bunch of insulin and, you know, like drink electrolytes, you know, chill out, uh, you know, try to fix myself enough to a point where I couldn't function and you know continue to do that i didn't realize that you i didn't realize that you had um diabulimia or that you had uh been in treatment for it and i it just the number just made me feel like something had to be there i didn't realize that was going to be it so are you um hmm, did the treatment for the diabulimia help you or are you still struggling with it how does that go um so i mean it actually definitely did help um Unfortunately, you know, at that time I was, I was, you know, a couple years younger and kind of stupid. <laughs> so I actually left against medical advice from the rehab facility um, after about like a month or a month and a half or so. You know, I was like, I'm done, you know, being stuck in here. Like, I want to get out. Um, but after I had like left there, I did notice that it actually did help me. Because my parents ended up, you know, giving me an ultimatum when I got home that night. They were like, either you follow our rules, you know, take out all the piercings out of your face, you know, stop coloring your hair, this and that, you know, have a curfew. Um, or, you know, if you're not going to follow our, our, our rules, you're going to have to move out or like find another place to stay. I was like, I'm going to find another place to stay. I actually moved in with my friend that night and. Being on my own actually helped me a lot. Um, it would made me realize, you know, like my family's not going to be here, you know, at the house if something happens to me and take me to the hospital. Like it's going to be just me. Like I'm going to be dead, you know, if I don't, if I don't step up a little bit. Um, so I feel like the rehab and moving out after actually did help me. Um, be more stable <laughs> um but then yeah after that after um you know I had my son and stuff like that and um, unfortunately me and my my son's father aren't together anymore after you know we had split um you know I got back into the thought of you know like I want you know be I want to be pretty um 
for others. Like I want, I want to be attractive to other people. So I did slip back into that where I wasn't uh, taking care of myself and running my blood sugar, you know, on the higher end so I could lose weight. Is that where you are now or are you now? Now you're, you're doing better? No, now I'm doing better. Like I said, my last day once you is eight. Um, I need to get it rechecked. Um, I've been doing a lot better. Like I'm in love. I'm in love with the freestyle sensor. Yeah. It's been a huge, huge help to me. So Maddie, I am not a professional anything. I'm, I'm seriously like keep that in mind as we're talking. Um, but you've, it's so interesting that you were like, I want to come on the podcast because I have EPI and nobody's talked about it yet. Meanwhile, there are like seven other things that are incredibly interesting about you. Um, that <laughs> I'm, I'm a very interesting person. <laughs> I, yes, you are. A hundred percent. My first question is, um, if I search your name, your full name, which we're not saying here on Facebook, and I come up with a picture of somebody on a horse, is that you? No. No. Okay. All right. Definitely not. Definitely. And it wouldn't be my full name. It would just be my Maddie and then my last name. Gotcha. That you have. All right. So um, it's just trying to get a feeling for who I was talking to. But um, so so a couple of things. The wanting to look good for other people thing, That's um, that, that seems to be the driving force behind a, a, a number of your issues. Oh, yeah. You, you feel that. And and. Is there any way, like, to go to counseling for something like that to get past that? Because now I have found you, and you are adorable, and I don't know why. Thank you. Oh, thank you. It's hard to feel like it's hard to it's hard to look at you as an outsider in this picture and think that this person feels that way, the way you described. Um, And I can't imagine that it's not to do you know, in no small part to how you grew up. Like I, I can't imagine that how you grew up must've been incredibly difficult yeah. uh, and has, I would imagine a lot of impacts that you might not even understand or that I understand. Um, it does sound like your father, your birth father, and I guess his wife, um, it sounds like when they had enough of you <laughs> and they, and, and you had enough of them and you kind of split up, then you started seeing the, more of the realities of your life, I guess. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Definitely. And and then the Libre did what for you? It showed you trends and where your blood sugars were. Did it help you do better with the insulin or did it put a picture to what was going on in your body and did it scare you? It, uh, it did a lot. So I mean, like, <clears throat> sorry. No, I mean, like, no. obviously, you know, like I saw the trends and then I started kind of becoming like hyper-focused on it. I was like, oh, like, <laughs> you know, if I change how much time I take, you know, while we're like, you know, just like pre-bolusing and then, you know, watching what I'm eating and then like watching the spike and, you know, like everything like that. And it was just like, it became like an obsession. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, so, so you focused yourself on your healthy situation instead of, focusing on because i mean i really i really don't know anything about anything but i and i've never had that feeling in myself like i don't look right for people and i can't imagine how how impactful that must be on you when that's the overwhelming feeling in your head but do you like hyper focus on things and you just hyper focused on your blood sugar this time 
Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff I hyper focus on. I mean, like obviously, you know, like there's my blood sugar. Um, I mean, like it's you know obviously like doing much much better now, but it's like um, now that I'm not using my or using my diabetes specifically to lose weight, I've been finding other ways, unfortunately. Um, so it's like, I know that my diabetes is in order, but now that I've discovered I have this EPI, I have found a new way to lose weight. So this is going to sound disconnected from the disorder of diablemia. And I want everybody listening to remember that I don't, I've never had it and I, I, I have no like perspective on it, but I can see your pictures and I don't, there you don't have weight to lose is that because you're manipulating it or is or do you just feel like you do and it doesn't like would it not matter how small you got you would feel like you needed to lose weight i'm not sure cuz i i mean there was like a point where i was like oh like, i think i might be thin enough and um you know, it's very hard for me because, yeah, I mean, obviously, if you look at my pictures, you know, I'm not like a bigger person. Um, and, you know, like a lot of people are like, oh, like you're small, you're tiny, you know, like I fit in size small clothing. Um, you know, I wear size small, medium. Mm-hmm. Um, where I think it's just like. Physically, I know I look OK, but it's the number on the scale. Because I'm actually a very dense person. So you see, I'm like, I'm pretty small. You know, I'm five, six. Like I said, we're size small, but I'm like, I'm like 150 pounds. And people are like, there's no way like you weigh that much. I'm like, yeah, like I'm just, I'm super dense. And it's like, I guess like just seeing that number eight, like, I'm like, I like, I want to be smaller. Um, And then it's also, you know, like, obviously like how I see myself. Um, I feel like people will, you know, accept me more, love me more, you know, treat me better if I'm prettier, if I'm more attractive. And that does come, that does obviously like stem from my childhood. Um, and like the abuse and the neglect where, you know, it wasn't being taken care of. And there actually like was a point, you know, like I said, I was a bigger kid a little bit. Um, my stepfather you know, would comment on that and would force me to work out. And he had like told me like before work, sometimes he's like, you're too fat to go to work. I'm not taking you. Oh, I'm sorry. That like, that still affects me to this day. Yeah. So, I mean, I I think if there was a therapist here, they would tell you that you should go to therapy and talk about that. Oh yeah. (laughs) Definitely. For sure. Is that something Um, that you could do? Um, it is. It, it definitely is. Um, you know, I like to put on my big girl pants or big girl pants. <laughs> um, I forget that joke. That was awful. Um, <laughs> or, um, you know, I'm like, oh, like I can, I can take care of this on my own. Yeah, I would say, Maddie, that somebody put you in such a deep hole to start your life that I don't see how you could possibly take care of this by yourself. Like, I think you really need somebody to to help you with it because there's, you have a number of different things going on, right? So you're somebody's mom. Um, you're a young person who grew up in an abusive way. Um, 
obviously I think the diabolemia is because you had the ability to manipulate insulin, but had you not had type one diabetes, I, I don't know that you wouldn't have ended up with an eating disorder just all the same. Um, based on how you're telling me he spoke to you. And I mean, that's you're too fat to go to work is, is a level of horrible that I did not expect. You know what I mean? And I think it's possible that when you grow up like that, that starts feeling like, like that's how people talk to each other. Except I have to tell you, like nobody else, nobody talks to people like that. You know, you know, and if you, and if you had been spoken, like, listen, I, I don't, I don't mean to like, like, Rip down to the end of your soul, but your no, mom, you're your, okay. your mom died when you were seven. That's if if just that would have happened, I think I would tell you you should go to therapy. And, <laughs> do you know what I mean? And then you get type one diabetes. If just that happened, I think I might tell you to go to therapy. And you grew up with an abusive stepdad. If just that happened, and somebody was shaming you for your body, and it, it probably it, it it's not even it's not even based in reality. Which can be, conf- which I imagine could be even more confusing. Like somebody calling you, you know, it's like somebody. It's like if somebody was calling you blonde and you were a brunette. Like you'd be like, I'm not blonde, and and but they kept saying it. Like I don't know how confusing that would be. Like you're seriously, and then you got another issue, another medical issue. You're five things into reasons why I think you should go to. Th- to a therapist. And not <laughs> oh gosh, and it gets worse. Uh, it gets worse. All right, Maddie. If it, <laughs> if it gets worse, I'm going to need to take a deep breath. So hold on one. Actually, I'm going to take a drink. Hold on one second. Hey, why don't we all take a second to talk about Dexcom, makers of the Dexcom G6 continuous glucose monitor, and why you may want to run right to Dexcom.com forward slash juice box and find out how to get started. I'm just going to tell you what's happening today around here. Arden is sick. She has what I am affectionately calling kennel cough after going back to high school with a bunch of kids who have not seen each other for 18 months. They've all kind of got this cough. They're not particularly sick, maybe a little congested. It's hanging on them. It's not COVID. It's just this, I don't know, is this cough, right? And it's been impacting her blood sugars pretty significantly. Arden's needed much more basal, more aggressive boluses, uh, her insulin to carb ratio has changed. A lot is happening during this illness. So I had her good and stable overnight. She got up, went to school this morning, and out of nowhere at about 9 a.m., her blood sugar just went from super stable and like 116 to rocketing straight up. We were able, within 45 minutes, to stop an arrow straight up. That's Dexcom telling you, my God, your blood sugar is rising very quickly. She went from 116 to 170 to 183. We were able to cut it off in the 190s, and she's 139 now, two hours later. Now, just imagine if I didn't have the Dexcom G6. Just imagine if it wasn't able to share from Arden to me. No one would have ever known that. We wouldn't have known for three hours until we tested for a meal that Arden's blood sugar had jumped up like that. But because of the Dexcom, we knew right away. We were able to make an informed decision about how to manage insulin, and we were able to stop that spike without causing a low later in the middle of an illness that is significantly impacting her blood sugar. I don't feel like I should have to say anything else. Go to Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. Get started today. You will not be disappointed. 
You know, when we got that information from Dexcom, Arden made those adjustments to her insulin through her Omnipod, the insulin pump that she's been using since she's four years old. And right now she's a senior in high school. Anyway, we needed to make a bolus. We needed to increase her basal. And Arden was able to do that with a few clicks of a button. She didn't have to go to the nurse. She didn't have to pull out a syringe. She just click, click, click. Here we go on our way. And when we saw that bolus work, we took the basal away right away. So we did a temp basal increase and then took it away, temp and took it back and put it where we needed it. You understand? Instantaneously. No walking to the nurse's office. Um, you know, you can't do that on MDI because once you've injected your basal insulin, it's in there. But we were able to use Arden's basal insulin in conjunction with a bolus to manipulate the situation. You could do that as well with the Omnipod, which is a tubeless insulin pump. A tubeless insulin pump that you can swim with or bathe with without taking off. You know, people are like, oh, it's not a big deal to take something off while I take a shower. But what if this thing that happened to Arden today happened while she was in the shower and she wasn't receiving any insulin at all? I think it's important to stay connected to your insulin. And with Omnipod, you can. Now, here's the last thing Omnipod has going that I want to tell you about. It's the Omnipod promise. And this is how it works. There's no need to wait for the next big thing from Omnipod because with the Omnipod promise, you can upgrade to Omnipod's latest technologies for no additional cost as soon as they're available to you and covered by your insurance. Terms and conditions apply, but you'll be able to find the details at omnipod.com forward slash juice box. Oh, and if you're from Australia, hold on for one second. Let me say one more thing, then we're going to get back to Maddie. Australians, Omnipod is now available for you. Learn more at omnipod.com forward slash juice box AU. The examples used here are from my daughter. Your results may vary. <laughs> I mean, holy shit. I didn't know this was an after dark episode when, when you booked it, but it is. So that, that EPI is the least interesting thing about you, just so you know. Uh, but, at yeah. the end, but at the end, we will go over it so that we can understand it. But we're going to get through this first. Okay. So, cause I'm right now feeling, uh, this happens to me sometimes when I'm doing these episodes, like I am now feeling parental towards you, which is <laughs> not reasonable, but one of us is going to get you to therapy today and it's going to be me or I'm going to feel like I, I'm going to feel like I screwed up before it's over. Okay. Um, but holy shit, what else is there going on that we don't know about? Um, so, you know, obviously, um, like I said, you know, I stopped with the diabulimia and then. I started using my EPI to lose weight. Um, but, you know, during that, or I guess like 20, 2020 was a crazy year for everyone. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> but um, How do you use EPI to lose weight? So with the EPI, um, I'm not able to process or, you know, like slash digest uh, a lot of um, fat, fats. Um, so I do, so the EPI basically is that my pancreas has been so damaged that I no longer release the enzymes to break down foods. And um, so if I don't take what they call them PERTs, um, pancreatic exo, or pancreatic exokine, uh, or no, pancreatic enzyme replacement um, therapy. Um, so I have to physically take pills that are filled with enzymes uh, right before I eat in order to be able to 
absorb all of the fat and like the nutrition and, you know, like the carbohydrates, proteins like that. Mm-hmm. So if I don't take them um, before I eat, I'm not absorbing everything. So I don't gain as much weight and I'm like malnutritioned and um, it actually makes, you know, obviously my insulin sensitivity insane. You know, like I barely have to take any insulin because I'm hardly absorbing anything, which I, in my head, I think that's fantastic that I'm also like losing weight on top of that, which, so, I mean, it's an awful, awful thing. Another thing that I'm just manipulating. Um, yeah. I, I, yeah, I think that's a, a hell of an insight from you really is that you're very busy in so many different times in your life, just trying to manipulate re- reality to do something where there's a way to live in reality and those things happen as well. Um, you know what I mean? You don't need, because it must be exhausting. Is it not to constantly be thinking about this stuff? Oh, it is. It definitely is. I have a million things on my mind all the time, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, obviously like my diabetes management, um, my, Oh, sorry. I have like a hiccup. Um, my other, you know, medical conditions, um, you know, my, my son, you know, um, like I said, you know, me and my son's father aren't together, but you know, I do have them half the week and my son actually is in remission for cancer right now. So, I mean, it's a lot. Oh, Maddie, I didn't really, Jesus, you're going to kill me. Hold on a second. That's why the 2020 was a crazy year. Yeah. He was diagnosed uh, March 5th of last year with when COVID hit. What kind of cancer? Um, he has stage four rhabdomyosarcoma. How old is he? He's three and a half right now. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry. What, what, and he's in remission right now. Yeah. So he has about like four months left of maintenance chemo. Um, and he should be able to ring that bell. So things are good. (laughs) That's really cool that his prognosis is four more months of chemo and then he gets to call himself in remission or he gets to what, what, what's or I the- guess like technically he is in remission now. Mm-hmm. Um, he, his pet scans are showing that he's, you know, technically cancer free, but he does have to finish the maintenance chemo. Um, and then we do some more scans to kind of make it official. I just found a picture of him. He looks oh. just like you. Oh, I, I wish I, I wish I could show you a picture of us. And we both have hair as toddlers. We, we are doppelgangers. Oh, no, <laughs> see it in his face. And now I'm understanding. I think I'm understanding better why you shaved your head at some point too. Was yeah. It, yeah. It's been almost a year. Exactly. I think. Wow. Since we shaved our heads. Maddie, do you, I, I, I'm at the point now where I, I, I want somebody to give you a hug. <laughs> so I'm not, <laughs> uh, I'm not, I, you know, it's funny. 20 minutes ago, I thought, wow, this girl's not doing great. And now I think it's possible you're doing really well considering everything that's <laughs> happening to you. Um, so I'm trying my best. <laughs> no, seriously. Good for you. And I, I think you are like, I, I mean, I don't know how you, it's a lot. I, I just don't know another way to say that that's no. you're 24 just turned 24 yeah oh, that's just way too much to have to do uh, in the first 24 years of your life um so how do we i mean what is your, do you have a plan for moving forward like do you have a goal for yourself um i mean my you know my ultimate dream would be to live off my art um <laughs> um i've always 
you know, I've loved art, doing it ever since I can remember. Uh, Pre-COVID, I was a tattoo apprentice for a while. That was fun. Um, <laughs> so you, you want to do? You want to be a tattoo artist? Possibly. I mean, um, since you know, I stepped away for COVID because of COVID and my son. Mm-hmm. Um, I've just actually just recently gotten back into making art and selling it, and um, I think I want to take a minute to kind of explore my own style and make my own pieces, and then possibly go back to tattooing. So, do you are you drawing or or what kind of um, medium? Yeah, so I I do a lot of I'm mainly draw, um, but I'm trying to get into painting right now. I was thinking about taking a class at my local art shop. Um, I think that would be really cool. Okay, how about your how about your mental health stuff? What's the play for that? Like, you I don't I don't think you can just hope that it's going to. Oh, oh, I know. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I mean, I actually, I actually had an appointment. I set up an appointment with my therapist on Monday, but I was in California this past weekend to visit my sister for my birthday. Mm-hmm. So I was supposed to come back on Sunday and then go to my appointment Monday, and then she convinced me to stay another day. Um, so I missed my appointment, so I have to reschedule that. So is, <laughs> is this a startup appointment? Yeah, it's a new startup. Okay. I mean, I've seen the guy before, but it's been so long that I have to do like another, you know, like new patient appointment. Yeah. We, if if I asked you to promise me to just go every week, would you do that? Yeah, I actually used to go see him weekly and then we started spacing it out. To was it helping? It was. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I, you have You have things that I don't have any perspective on um other than from the podcast and i don't know i can feel like i'm supposed to say something here and i don't know what to say um and uh i'm i'm a little i'm you you've made me feel lost <laughs> so i um, you didn't do anything wrong but but the, but the conversation has made me feel like a little lost i feel like if you were my daughter i would I would want to encourage you to take your enzyme pills before you eat and use your insulin, get your A1C as low as you can, get your blood sugars as stable as possible, you know, take nutrition in that your body needs and try to believe that you're perfect the way you are and don't need to look any different than however you look. Um, I don't know how I would do that for you, but that is what I would want to do for you. Thank you, Scott. You're welcome. Are you going to cry? Because I swear to God, if you cry, Maddie, I'm going to cry. Oh, dude, I already, oh, <laughs> I already cheered up a couple oh, times. Jesus I'm like, I don't need to ruin my makeup right now. Oh my God. Um, I am, I am incredibly sad that you didn't get someone to care about you like that when you were little. But I don't think that that means that somebody isn't going to care about you like that, or that at the very least you shouldn't care about yourself like that. So maybe instead of looking for other people to make you feel how you want to feel, maybe just the confidence that you are those things um, could come from yourself. I, I don't know if that's too much to ask, but I don't see that there's anything wrong with you that needs to be fixed. Um, from talking to you or from looking at your life and photographs, you know, I realize that's a, a pretty removed thing still, but you don't have much going on that couldn't be that couldn't be made much better 
And if you're having trouble doing it for yourself right now, maybe do it for your son and then work into doing it for yourself, right? Because he's going to need you for a long time and you don't want to make him, you don't want to do something inadvertently that's going to have him 24 years old somewhere telling somebody, yeah, I have an eating disorder. I grew up watching my mom do that and it stuck to me because that could happen, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm so sorry. I don't know. After all that, you're so, you must have sat in a room and thought, cancer? Are you serious? Like, do you scream at the, at the, sky? oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> So, um, that, my sister, you know, that I grew up with, um, yeah, she's like my number one, you know, um, you know, I called her and told her that night that, you know, we heard and she flew out the next morning and I'm you know, it was hard because, you know, like I think, you know, I did, you know, like step out and I was just, I was like cursing the heavens, you know, like, oh, good. There'd be one more thing, you know, like just really, really. <laughs> and she like, you know, just like looked me in the face and she was like, you know, obviously like, she, you know, I tell her everything. She knows everything I've gone through. And she's like, I'm so sorry, Maddie. Like it hurt me seeing how hurt she was that I have been so hurt, you know? Yeah. It will, it's like, a, I'm so sorry of like about like everything, yeah. everything. It's yeah. just a lot of pain, and, and it's too it's too much for. Listen, if you were 24 and raised by the two greatest parents on the face of the planet, I don't know how you'd be ready for this. Seriously, <laughs> I, I I don't. I don't I, it would just still like it would be too much. Like when you said there's more and it's worse, I thought, ah, she's full of shit. Like how is it going to be worse than this? You know, <laughs> um, and there it is. It it is, but it doesn't change. It, it, so there's a there's got to be a delineation between how sad this is and how unfair this is, and the fact that it is like this, and that like it or not, you're the mom, and you're you're the one who's got the ability to guide this ship in the right direction. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's no one else. Like you're you know you're not with your 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 son's father. Um, you're, you're, I mean, he's still like in his life. Um, oh, that's you know, that's good. Okay. That is, yeah, <laughs> very but, good. But you know, but still, yeah. as you get older, you know, your son's probably going to gravitate towards being with his mom, and you know, you're going to make a lot of big decisions, and you're going to do things that are going to shape his existence and yours. And you have so much time, like for all the. I mean, that's I think the really good news in all this is that for all the bad things that have happened. You're only 24. Now, that might be confusing to you because you're as old as you've ever been. And so you feel like you're really old, but you're you're barely starting. Like life has literally just begun for you. Your brain's not even done forming yet. I don't know if you realize that or not. <laughs> okay, so you have you have, you know, decades ahead of you, way more time ahead of you than you have behind you. And there could possibly be a day in the future where you don't remember your life the way you're talking about it now, where you've built a new life that is, is a celebration and a joy. And that's how you think of life. And that's how your son will think of life. Like, I think that's like really important to remember that just because all this stuff happened, doesn't mean this is who you are. You could easily be somebody else starting right now. And I mean, and look how easy it is. You take your enzyme pill and, 
take care of your blood sugar. And you've just eliminated <laughs> some really big problems. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then talk to the therapist. And I would probably go out in the middle of the night and run in the desert and scream a little bit too. That sounds like a good idea. <laughs> Does. But don't, because you'll run into a cactus and be killed by a Gila monster. You don't have any luck, <laughs> Maddie. Okay, stay inside. <laughs> well, it's actually freezing outside at night in the desert. Mm-hmm. I, well, you I would freeze. That. Trust me. You whatever. <laughs> listen, until you until you write what's going on here, I would be I would be worried that anything bad. Like, do you ever walk outside and think a plane's gonna fall on your head? Because I no, would. If I <laughs> be like i'd be like you know a mountain's gonna fall over on me or something right now like um dude that's my luck yeah i'm, that's saying, my luck right yeah, I'm saying like you'll just like if you if you went to if you went to the grand canyon it would eat you you know what i mean like there's, Most no, definitely. there's no way you, can, you should stay away from all kinds of falls and cliffs probably wrap yourself in bubble wrap a little bit um i i know that i i i know that so not to Keeping in mind, I'm not a therapist and I'm just a person chatting with you. I want to give you a little perspective on my side a little bit. Um, And this is the one thing that uh, no matter how many people I talk to who have some sort of an eating disorder, I know that I know what it is. Like I understand that just your brain just does not see yourself the way you are. Right. And that it's it, it pushes all this on you. But being able to see your pictures, it makes it really shocking on my end that you feel the way you described. And I think that that's a good indication that it's something that was caused by something else and that therapy really could help you untangle it and separate the pain you felt as a child from how you see yourself now. That is my guess. Like I would I would I would really lean into therapy and I would I would really lean into how you see yourself in that eating disorder in that therapy. Seriously. Because you are not the person you think you are. I know. Like, logically, I know. Yeah. No, I, I, and I'm sorry to even say it because I know you know, and I know that's not the point. Um, but I think I think that that's a good jumping in spot to try to help yourself. Um, yeah. Because that's, it's just, I don't know, it's terrible that you're spending so much time and effort and thought on something that's just really a bullshit idea that some jackass put in your head when you were a kid. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Holy shit. Should we take a break or go for a walk? Or I feel like I should smoke a cigarette. I don't even smoke. (laughs) Not even certain what to do here. Um, uh, Is there, I guess you probably want to tell all those people who say that I'm the proud owner of a useless pancreas, that their pancreas is not that useless, right? It does a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. like mine's like at most five percent functioning right now. So <laughs> yeah, but you know how people with type one are like, my pancreas doesn't work, and it still does a lot of things, uh, like help you digest your food. So um, oh, yeah. you, know, you know what I mean? Like it would be. Uh, I, I wish people knew that. I know it's just a joke, but you know, it's not a useless pancreas. It's just a uh, seriously diminished pancreas. Um, and oh, yeah. it's not not really the pancreas anyway. It's the beta cells. But let's not get too technical. It'll ru- <laughs> it'll ruin everybody's t-shirts. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> All right. Do you have any questions for me? Is there anything you want to talk about that we haven't? Um. I guess like really quickly, I can just go over like um, um how my 
mismanagement of my diabetes led to my EPI. Please. Um, so, you know, obviously, like I said, you know, I was diagnosed when I was seven. I wasn't, you know, taken care of <laughs> at all, really. Um, I was kind of just, you know, I left to take care of it um, by myself, you know, like after all the custody battles and stuff. And after that, you know, I always in and out of hospital, like probably like every three months. Um, and I moved, you know, here to Utah and I was like, you know, all like things at all, everything is going to be fixed. Everything's going to be better. You know, obviously that wasn't the case. I was still, you know, in my bad habits. Um, um, you know, it got really bad to the point in um, December of 2015, I actually went into a coma because of it. Um, and I, I survived and I started, um, I went to rehab after that. And then, you know, I started taking care of myself a little bit better. I ended up, you know, getting pregnant and I took care of myself then. And then after that, I just like slowly started like declining, like back into my old ways. And then, you know, um, after, you know, me and my son's father had split, you know, I had gotten a little worse, a little worse. And I started going to the hospital again. And, um, and then I got the freestyle and like everything started getting better. But then I noticed I started having, you know, like these really, really terrible stomach issues. And like, it got to a point where I was like, this is affecting like my daily living, like the quality of my daily life. Like I have to get it checked out. Something's wrong. Yeah. And you know, they did the tests and stuff and they um, took an ultrasound, like they put a, a camera down or an ultrasound machine, whatever you want to call it, um, uh, down my throat and took a ultrasound of my pancreas. And they're like, you definitely have chronic pancreatitis. Like your pancreas is riddled with calcifications um, because of the, all of your mismanagement. Like you obviously like never, basically never taken care of yourself for like a very, very long period of time, like, like over a year. Like, mm-hmm. it's just like, you, like you've been, you've been bad. <laughs> You're a bad diabetic. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but um yeah, so they're like, you have chronic pancreatitis and, you know, with all the other tests we ran on you, um, you also have exocrine pancreatic insufficiency. You're going to have to take these enzymes right before you eat every time for the rest of your life as well. And I was like, awesome. <laughs> awesome. Can I, can I ask you, after all this, have you um, avoided, like, anesthetizing yourself through like hard drugs and drinking do you not do that stuff no how did you avoid all that because um, you know uh, you. i just like there's a moment while we were talking when i realized like this girl doesn't get high and she doesn't drink but i don't know how you didn't like fall into that i mean like you know like i smoke like weed here and there you know I'll socially drink actually I can't drink now because of my EPI um but before you know like I'll like socially drink but I've never gone like really hard into it yeah that's fine I mean it's it's I'm happy for you but it's kind of fascinating like it feels like the kind of story that that ends with you know a drum roll at the end and they're like and so I've been off heroin for three weeks like you know what I mean like it just it, it felt like it was heading that way and then I realized it wasn't and I was like I, I think it's possible you're the strongest 24-year-old person I've ever met in my life. Like, that's I've what I've come up heard with. heard that many times. Yeah. No, that is what I've come up with. Um, and I think that if you 
I think that if you can get on top of some of this other stuff, you might see a lot of success from that strength. You know, like imagine where it might take you if it wasn't so busy fighting all this crap. I mean, like besides like, like I said, like my diabetes is doing like well now and like it's just pretty much my EPI that I'm not managing. Um, Besides that, you know, everything else in my life is going pretty good. You know, like I said, like I'm a single mom. Like I said, um, his father's still in the picture. He hasn't had the time. Um, You know, I have my own apartment. I pay my car payment. I have a dog. (laughs) Um, I'm living life on my own (laughs) a little bit. That's amazing. I, I think that, um, I'm sorry, my voice is echoing. It confused me for a second. Um, I think it sounds like you're doing terrific and it, it sounds like you're moving in the right direction. I just don't think you should be hard headed about taking help about it because I think you can probably <laughs> get where you're going more efficiently and probably more quickly. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, with, with, with somebody's assistance. I'm, I'm very stubborn, unfortunately, and I know it. <laughs> Stop that. Maddie. OK, <laughs> please. Um Holy crap. Is there, I want to make sure, is there anything else you, um, did we miss anything? I, I think that might be it. I think. <laughs> okay. All right. If um, you want a part two, we can do a part two. We well, can just keep on going. I don't see, <laughs> I, no, I don't see how you don't get to come back on every year for as long as I do this podcast. So, um, <laughs> there's a couple of people. Return who, guest. You know, I'm telling you, there are a couple of people I've said that to, and you are definitely, uh, we're going to stop the recording and I'm going to make that offer to you a hundred percent. First, a huge thank you to Maddie for coming on the show and sharing her life with us. And I also need to thank, and I also want to thank Dexcom makers of the Dexcom G6 continuous glucose monitor. You can find out more at Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. There's also links in the show notes of your podcast player and links to all of the advertisers at juiceboxpodcast.com. When you click the links, you're helping the show. And don't forget to find out about that Omnipod at omnipod.com forward slash juice box. And of course, for you Australians, omnipod.com forward slash juice box AU. Check into that free 30-day trial of the Omnipod Dash. You may be eligible. And don't forget about the Omnipod promise. There are many series inside of the Juice Box podcast. This one is After Dark. Other After Dark episodes include eating disorders, diabetes complications, being the child of divorce, living with bipolar disorder, sexual assault and PTSD, using psychedelics, heroin addiction, bulimia and depression, divorce and co-parenting, having sex from both a male and female perspective when you have type 1 diabetes, depression and self-harm, trauma, addiction, drinking, and smoking weed. Check them out at juiceboxpodcast.com. You can just scroll down a little bit till the after darks. Then you'll see all the series, actually. Algorithm pumping, how we eat, all different kinds of ways that people eat when they have diabetes. The variable series, which is a, a new and, uh, uh, I dare I say, a fun series. Short episodes talking about different variables that impact your blood sugars. There's defining diabetes, which is the series that defines the terms that you use every day and may not understand. And of course, the diabetes pro tip episodes. I'm very, very proud of them. I think you should give them a try. Okay, well, 
uh, was sort of anticlimactic at the end. So let me like ramp the energy back up and say thanks so much again for listening. I appreciate it when you guys share the show with other people. Show is doing incredibly well because of you, because you're sharing it. If you're enjoying it, uh, please leave a beautiful rating and review wherever you listen. But most of all, tell someone about the show. It's how it grows. I'll be back very soon with another episode of the Juicebox Podcast. I appreciate you guys.